Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, get ready to be energized and have some serious fun. This is the Energetic Education Podcast. Introducing your host, Dale Sidebottom. To episode number 29 of the Energetic Education Podcast, and today I'm really excited and another Victorian for all those Australian listeners out there, but I'm joined by Mark Collard. How are you, mate? I'm excellent, Dale. Thanks for the introduction and for the invitation to be here with your listeners. Yeah, thanks, mate. And I know you've got a busy schedule, just uh, chatting about where you've been in the last week. You've been to Darwin, you've done a few webinars. You're a busy man, mate, so thank you very much for allowing me uh, this time. I feel quite privileged. Uh, well, likewise, it's always, um, for me, it's a privilege to be able to share with others. Honestly, the, the, the chance to, to share something that's worked for me with other people is, um, makes a real difference to me. Yeah. And I suppose I'm going to get you to explain your background to that, but why I really want to join here. And when I started my teaching journey about eight or nine years ago, is I was looking around. I love icebreakers, like you said, like you are the king of. And I remember seeing this video on YouTube called Jump In, Jump Out. And from there, I've sort of been fascinated with, I'm like, this is unbelievable. Have you always been into like engaging icebreakers and things like that? Was that your background? Uh, yes and no. From a personal perspective, my background had been developing community through the youth groups that I was both a member of and then became a leader of. Summer camps, Easter camps, all of those were involved in community, but that was all just stuff I did in my out of time. I am professionally qualified as an accountant. I have an MBA from a New York university. I worked as a management consultant for several years. So it was the whole time collar, big salary sort of setup. And then the company that I worked for went bankrupt and I lost my job. And at that moment, I mean, you don't know it at the time, but it was so pivotal I decided that what I loved more than setting up a tie and collar <laughs> and an accelerator was making an impact on people and developing relationships. And so I was unemployed for about a year, did a whole lot of volunteer work in the sector of education and camps and so on. And look, I was in the right place at the right time. Got tapped on the shoulder by a group called Project Adventure who were looking to expand their put their operations outside of America. I started and set up that business for 10 years in Australia, and that really gave me a solid grounding and, and qualification in the skills of leading groups, using group activities as the platform for building community. And so having got that well and truly established after 10 years, I then moved on to be a freelance, and I've been freelance now for 18 years. So always had a background in, let's call it games, yes. quote, unquote, yep. but it was Games was really just the media, and that's probably a, a critical element in what I'll share with you today is I know I'm often reviewed, viewed as, oh, that's the games guy, yeah, yeah. because that's what they see at first glance. But when you sort of lean into it a bit more, and it's a bit like the time I spend in front of groups, whether it's a keynote or a podcast or webinar, they understand that there's actually something going on behind the scenes. There's an approach, and that's really why I'm busy, because you know anyone can teach you a game. You can pick up numerous, dozens, hundreds of books that will teach you a game. There are, there's barely anything that will actually tell you how to do it to make a difference. Yep. And so that's that's where I'm spending my time. So really, like the big takeaway I just got there was that you were sort of kicked out of a job really harsh yeah. and then what has been probably the best thing that's ever happened to you in in, in a sense? Absolutely. It was, it was the most crushing and the most exhilarating <laughs> day of my life. Yep. You know? I remember sitting in the train coming out of Melbourne, that's where the office was based, going, 
oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, <laughs> you know, in tears. Just, I mean, no one ever wants to have a job pulled away from them in such unexpected circumstances. And then at the same time, just got liberated. You know, I was really, if I was really honest with myself, quite scared that I might have actually been sucked into this vortex of the accounting management consulting world and look, made a packet. Yep. Would I have been happy? And now, 28 years later, I stand before you not only elated in the impact that I'm having around the world, but so much happier. Yeah. And, <laughs> and really have to wear a tie and collar. <laughs> I suppose the big thing right there is that money's not everything, is it? If, you, if you're not enjoying what you're doing, then it doesn't matter how much money you've got in the world. Oh, I know. Absolutely. And look, I would never have guessed, Dale, 28 years ago when all of this happened, A, that I'd certainly be standing here, but that I would make a living from making a difference in people's lives. You know, it was the stuff that really got me excited as a youth group kid and a camper. Not that I knew it at the time, but the impact that those programs had on me, it's now me wanting to give back in yep. buckets, in spades. And I've created that just as you have and many other people. If you can identify your niche, even if there's only six people in the world that absolutely wants to know what you're doing, then it's only from that point can you then grow. But you look after those six people, you know, you know, tear their house down and, you know, the word will spread. Yep. And I couldn't agree more. And as I was mentioned, you obviously got a really successful YouTube channel and I'm a big fan of YouTube. I think learning through video is amazing mm. and your content on there is fantastic. But the big thing I suppose that I, I really noticed about you is a website called Playmio. And I know you started this in 2012. How did this yep. come about? Well, that's a great story, Dale. Yeah, so it did kick off in 2012, so it's just over five years old now. If we go back a step, so I had developed the skills to become a trainer, an experiential trainer. So I was working with groups. It was always a group context. I was using the media of these adventure-based experiential learning games and activities to build community, have fun, engage people. And again, I didn't know this then, but I look back at it and I go, you know, the only way people got what they got is if they turned up. So even if only Melbourne was my market, the 4 million people, there is, I don't have enough time in the rest of my life to be able to get to every school teacher, every youth group leader, every corporate trainer to be able to share what I have that I find successful. So even if only Melbourne was my market, the reality is, as you are well aware, yep. that the world is now the market. And so that was impossible. So in 96, I wrote my first book, which was still my most popular, called No Props. No Props was the original No Props, though, the little 60-page monograph that uh, shared 25 No Prop activities that would engage students and build skills. And that was phenomenally successful. And so successful in 2005, I rewrote it with 140 activities that was then sold around the world. 2008, wrote another book. And so at this point, I then discovered, well, if I can't turn up, maybe if I just write this stuff, I can be able to share with other people what it is that I know. They were activity-based books, though. So by 2008, I'd written my third book called Count Me In, which is large group activities. And this was going well. And no sooner had Count Me In come out and someone saying, so when's your next book coming out? It's like, oh, man, <laughs> you know how much effort there is in actually writing, writing a book. A book. <laughs> uh, you would understand why it often takes years between. And, of course, 2008, the internet is really starting to exponentially leverage people's exposure. And I really got that, you know what, I keep coming across all these new ideas. I need a better way than writing a book to be able to share them. So I started a blog. It was so simple. 
It was very basic. Anytime I'd come across something new or a video of something or I thought of a different variation of something I'd already put in writing, I used the blog. Starting with zero traffic, within two years, I was getting over 30,000 visitors a month. Wow. Which was saying to me, people were looking for this information to the point they were saying, dude, this is so valuable, you should be charging for it. (laughs) So by 2010, I started thinking more about that question. By 2012, it it then launched itself as Playmio. It is now by far the largest online database of group games and activities. And I think its powerful part is, just as you've mentioned, that video you came across, which is one of the free activities, Jump In, Jump Out has gone viral. But not because we wanted to produce a viral video. You can't. It just happens. It is ridiculously stupidly popular because it's fun, but it's not just about the fun game. It's that the impact it can have on a group. And so I think on Planeo now, we've just uploaded the 320th activity. Almost all of them have a video tutorial, which is its most powerful aspect. So better than me just turning up and, say, sharing 30 activities, yes. you can now sign up and get access to hundreds of activities 24-7. Or a book that oh, you look at and you go, oh, I wonder what that really looks like or would it work with my group? Yep. All the video tutorials are featuring real groups. You know, you'll see the guy in the background with his arms crossed or the kid who's <laughs> picking his nose or whatever. These are real kid, uh, real groups who gave me permission to record them. So I think that was the most powerful part that we both live, all of us live now in a YouTube generation. People would rather watch a three-minute video tutorial than read 500 words of text. That's how Plameo started. It was really just for those people who didn't know about me, couldn't get to me or couldn't afford me, a really cost-effective way for people to get access to my expertise. But, of course, all the other benefits, it's mobile, it's video, and it's immediately updatable. So if I discover, you know, a new idea, bang, I can just put it up straight on, it's ready to go. Yep, and I suppose the big thing you mentioned there was that, you know, books are great. Like, don't get me wrong, they're fantastic, but it doesn't actually show you how you engage people. Like, and it's just words. So are you finding that's why Playmio is so successful? Because people can actually see the way you engage the clients or the groups you're with, and they're like, wow, that will definitely work. Instead of reading it when you can't visualize that. Yeah, absolutely. All of my books were illustrated for at least that purpose, understanding that picture that says a thousand words, but that would help capture the essence of the activity. But the video does more than that. But the bit that people are saying, and this is just subscribers and users, you know, tens of thousands of them each month are saying, I love the fact that we can, that it's like what's called the know what it looks like, know what it sounds like, know what it feels like. And that, that's the part I've got to say, Dale, that I was actually really, I wasn't convinced it was going to work. When we first started Playmio, I thought, no, I, I'm still convinced that you have to turn up to get the training. Well, I'm watching people, you know, engage with these videos now in a way I never expected. It's like, wow, they're like they're laughing, they're engaged. They're, it's almost like they can feel what's going on. So, yes, the video does make a huge impact, but it's about most of the video is about focusing on me, the presenter, or any of my other colleagues. It's focused on them. What do we say? What are we? How are we introducing the activity? And then what does the activity look like? It should never replace it. It's just a different format for the books. And there are many people who still love the old school kinesthetic value of flicking through a page. But it's also the ability to search for something. You know, there's 320 activities online right now. Each month we add more. Where do you start? That, like that's So you can plug in, go, okay, I've got 30 kids. 
I've got no equipment. I just want them to run around and, you know, exhaust themselves. And I've got 30 minutes. Bang. Hit a button. It'll tell you. So that's the other benefit of the stuff that's online is people can then go from 320 activities, boils down to these 12, meet that criteria. And then you just go, oh, great. Now I've only got a few to have to search through. So I think that's another benefit that a book doesn't bring. Yeah, and you can really narrow it down for your group for the time you've got, as you mentioned yeah. just there. And just while we're talking about Playmeo, Mark, you've been very generous. And for all our listeners today, we've got a 50% discount. So that will be on the show notes. And I think the buzzword is going to be energetic. Is that... Uh... Energetic, uppercase, lowercase, it won't matter. All one word. Plug that into the coupon code and any of the annual subscriptions, and there's, you know, there's quite a few of them, any of those generously has been offered by Dale. At fifty percent off, so that's in association with Energetic Education and Plamia. Yeah, perfect, mate. And I'm sure if people haven't checked that out, they will because it's uh, yeah, it's top notch. Now you probably oh, listeners out there, you're probably getting, but Mark, you're very energetic, you're upbeat, you're very well spoken. <laughs> Where do you get your energy from? Are you always like this, or you've had four coffees this morning, or are you uh, always no. up and about? <laughs> <laughs> it's just after nine o'clock and uh, I've only had one coffee and I'm typically only ever a two coffee person in a day, sometimes okay. less, depending on where I am. Yep. But no, I have always been like this. Um, look, I do attribute my outlook, my perspective on life as to how the energy will come across to people. I do take a lot of pride in my ability to communicate with people and I think when it's when it's carried as part of the vehicle with enthusiasm, it makes a big difference on influencing people. But uh, look, I also have to admit that being vegan, so I, I don't, I choose not to have dairy or meat as part of my diet. I'm not pushing that on anyone, but there's no doubt in my mind when I chose to go vegan 25 years ago, that made a massive impact on my energy. And so I, I did it as a dare. Okay. <laughs> I had a vegan friend who said, I dare you to do it. I'll give you the short story here. So I tried it for three months became a lifetime commitment, made such a massive difference to my life okay. and how I felt and my energy, I would have been a fool to have gone back. So I haven't. Fair enough. Well, it's, it's always, I always enjoy people that are up and about, mate, and that uh, have a lot of energy now. I've got yeah. a few different questions for you here, and you've sort of mentioned a few of them, but the, mm. top, the topic we're going with today is play games and a bit of fun. Anyway, yeah. why is play so important? I know there's a lot of books out there and things like yeah. that, and, but why is it so important for people to have play in their lives? Wow, that alone is an hour-long uh, <laughs> keynote presentation. I've just come back from Darwin delivering exactly that message. Let me give you a few of the bullet points. First of all, play. Let's just expand on what we understand to be play. Most people, for all the right reasons, will just believe play is running around like a kid. That is play, but let's just – I want to broaden that because it's more than that. Uh, my latest book called Serious Fun – I had to use the word fun because people could actually understand. They could put it in a box and understand what I was trying to say. But really what I wanted to call it was serious flow. Serious flow. Now, if I called it serious flow, you would have thought it was a plumbing manual. That wouldn't <laughs> make any sense. But flow and play are a bit the same way. So last week I worked with a group of camp leaders. We spent 90 minutes with them. And by the time we'd finished the session, I'd listed up all the activities that we had played the first comment people said was, I can't believe we did that much stuff. That's flow and play at work. Play is actually not an activity. Scientifically, play or flow is a state of mind. And so when I am wheeled into a group and I'm introducing, in fact, my only invitation to the group is to play, and I want to expand their horizons around what that is, it's inviting them into a space where, first of all, 
They're voluntarily a part of it. As they're going through it, there's a desire for it to continue. Often they are quite, and I say unconscious, not because they've been knocked out, but they're <laughs> un, they're not conscious of what's going on around them. They're just in, they're in the moment. They're enjoying it because it's fun. And there are many, many other elements. When all of those elements play, uh, you know, so what happened? Sorry, not wanting to use that word, but when they're at, in operation, that's play. And here's the next piece. So, so I want to broaden your understanding, first of all, about what play actually is. When you bring people into that space, transformation is possible because as you and I both know, and many of your listeners would understand, one of the biggest issues we have with groups is engaging them. And often the difficulty with engagement is because they're so busy trying to be something that they're not. You know, particularly young people who are still trying to search for their identity. They're, they're, they're trying to be something that they're not. And as they search for their identity and become more comfortable in their skin, they then become who they really are. And that's why we're human beings and not human doings, because we're always being something. When you're in play, you are being who you truly are. And so that's the space in which transformation or education occur. Here's the next piece that's really critical. Now, Dr. Brown, what's his first name? Sorry, it's just, I've just lost his first name. It'll is come it, to me in a moment. But, the, uh, the creator of that book, The Play, is yes, it? what's his first name? Oh, is it, no, is it not Brian? Or, or, anyway, I know the book you're talking about. It's going to come to me now. <laughs> as I he's a, look, he's an educationalist. He's a researcher in this space. He wrote a book about play, about the scientific underpinnings of the benefits of play. And he makes a really powerful statement. He says that play is as critical to the development of a human being as sleep and nutrition. Let me say that again. Play is as critical to the development of a human being as sleep and nutrition. Now, let's just look at that. Let's break that down. First of all, sleep. No one's going to discount that theory. We all understand the benefits of sleep. I remember when I was in my university days, I'd go for three days without sleep. I was a zombie just to simply finish an assignment. But I was a zombie. You can't operate without sleep. So that's a given. The other part is nutrition. We now understand the benefits of a nutritious diet more than ever. you know. And so, again, that's unquestionable. But now to place alongside that this concept of play, this is the part that's really shaking the scientific world. It's like, whoa, really? And so the research is clearly showing that, as just an example, incarcerated youth and adults, this is not a cause and effect, but in that population, they have serious play deficits, serious play deficits. They're not saying that if you have a deficit of play in your life, you're going to become a criminal. No, no, no. They're just saying that when we look at those populations, these are the people who did not develop their social and emotional learning skills. And that's the next bullet point, Dale, is that play, given its critical nature in the development of a human being, should be integrated into every classroom. I don't mean just PE or health or camps or any of that, so it should be in maths and science and opera singing. I do a lot of work in China. You know, opera singing is a part of the curriculum for primary schools. It's like, whoa, okay. So teaching them the benefits of introducing play in its strictest form is not only a great way to engage your participants, but it invites them to step outside their comfort zone because fun or play or flow is disarming. When people don't feel threatened, They're not embarrassed. They're more willing to participate. They're more willing to go past what they expected they would do in the first space. So 
all of those are reasons why play works so powerfully. And it is, it is the bedrock of my approach. It is the bedrock of why I create remarkably fun programs because I take that fun, I take that play so seriously. Yeah, and I, I couldn't agree more. And I think the big word you said there that when you have a, a new groover, people are standoffish or they're, you know, they're reluctant to sort of show that vulnerability, you know, of getting involved and things like that. And I think as a presenter, and you'll know perfectly this, that I start every presentation with three or four icebreakers. Why do I do that? I can act like a fool. I can do whatever. But by the end of that, everybody is so engaged and having fun and, and they've forgotten about what they want to look like or worried about what people think of them. Now, for me, I love paper, scissor, rock games because so basic. Everybody already knows the rules, and it's a really fun way to start. For for you, you've got three hundred and twenty, and I'm sure you've got a million more in your mind. But do you have any one or two just icebreakers that are just the best? I know Jump In, Jump Out. That's obviously had over two million hits on yep. YouTube. Um, yeah. Are there any for the listeners there that if they're like, oh, geez, I'm a, I'm a bit scared to try icebreakers because it really mm. it's putting yourself out there, but is there mm. anything you're like, bang, this one works 100% of yep. the time? New is always relative because it might be new to me, but someone's been using it for 28 years. But a couple just run off the head, off, off the top of my head. One is gotcha. Gotcha is the activity where you have your one hand flat, your other hand is pointing with your finger into the palm of the other person. There are dozens of different variations of that particular activity. And while it does involve touch, and so, again, in the, in the, in the world of icebreakers, and that's not a term I typically use, I, I do refer to experiences which break the ice because they're often quite different to icebreakers. Because okay. in my experience, many icebreakers are presented poorly and become ice makers. <laughs> I spent a lot of time talking about that in my books and online. But So, gotcha, it provided that your group is in a space where that form of touch, which generally speaking in our culture is okay, but I know I work with Sudanese communities, and that's a no-no. That's never going to happen. I'm not going to be touching someone who, first of all, isn't even part of my family, but is a different age to me. So, okay, that might be an activity that's not going to work for you, but generally speaking, great. You can do it in large auditoriums of 800 people where I've you know, delivered a keynote speech or in a small group you know, that you might be working on a camp or a PE lesson. So gotcha? Yep. Another, and that's been around forever. One, two, three. Actual alphanumeric, like the O-N-E, T-W-O, and T-H-R-E-E. One, two, three. If you look that up on Plamio, this is, again, one of those fail-proof activities. It's a partner activity. It then can turn into a team activity. Something I saw a Chinese educator share with me on my first trip to Beijing a couple of years ago. I swear, Dale, if I have not used this activity in every single presentation I have made, including keynotes, I'll go here. It is a fail-proof activity. It is always triggers enormous amounts of laughter and uh, interaction. Another favorite of mine, which does involve a prop, though, is icebreaker question exchange, probably the most popular icebreaker, if I have to give it that name, on Plameo. Simple. It's just hundreds and hundreds of questions that are really non-threatening and fun, but have a a sense of discovery about them. Each person starts with a card. Uh, I will ask, let's say you and I are partners, Dale. I'll ask you the question on my card. Okay. The best about about this is that you get to answer it any way you choose. So if by chance, and it's unusual, but if by chance this question should threaten you in any way, then you get to choose to answer any way you want. I gave you that permission. Okay. You then ask the question on your card. At the end of that, we swap cards. I then go off and find another partner. The object is to do that as many times as possible in however long you plan to do it. 
Again, I've done that in small groups of, you know, 10 or 12, and then many hundreds of people as well. So there's three, but if you just plug in or select icebreakers, activities that help people get to know each other, there are dozens and dozens and dozens, most of which don't need any equipment on Flamio. The first one you mentioned, gotcha. I, I use that at every workshop I do as well, mate. And, and as you mentioned, the reason being you don't hold hands. It's a tiny – you don't even have to touch their palm. The only way you get caught if they grab you. So yep. it is a really non-threatening way. But then again, you have to be in a close – you're sort of, sort of touching shoulders. So you're getting, that human, you're getting that human interaction without saying, right, hold hands with a complete stranger. So yep. I believe very highly in that. I'm looking forward to looking into one, two, three when I take my, oh, yeah. uh, yeah, discounted offer up at Playmio, mate. But <laughs> <laughs> that's really great. Now you've mentioned so many different things, you know, particularly keynotes, your Playmio, everything like that. What are the future projects? Is there book number four on the way or? Yeah, there is. There is. There is. Um, in fact, it'll be book number five because I've written No Profs twice, but they're very different books. Count me in. Serious fun now. The next one is uh, deliberately written for the Chinese market. I could move to China today and be very busy for the rest of my life. I prefer to actually breathe clean air. <laughs> <laughs> That's not very fair. Um, Beijing <laughs> only has some of those issues in some parts of the year. But look, I don't speak Mandarin, but I am writing or effectively rewriting No Profs which is full of about 140, 150 activities that do not need equipment. But I'm rewriting the theory, the section up front, in a way that I wish I had thought of three years ago when I wrote Serious Fun. My understanding of the impact of play and the impact of developing relationships has progressed in the last three years. Yep. That I've now got some new content, particularly around some universal truths of programming that I'm working with. And I'm now just starting to deliver that for the first time in keynotes. In fact, as I was saying before, I was in Darwin just a few days ago delivering this content for the first time. So I'm testing it out with audiences. Um, I'm now writing about it, and I'm hoping before the end of this year it will be uh, written. And then, of course, it has to go through the process of being translated uh, deliberately for the Mandarin, uh, for the Chinese market. There's no doubt it will end up being launched in the English-speaking world, but I've been commissioned by one particular company to do this because of their networks in education in China. Okay, cool, mate. And I suppose one of the, the big things, that's all well and good to see you online and videos and things like that, but nothing beats in person where you can actually experience a fantastic presenter like yourself. If I wanted to go and see you present live, do you run your own events or do people book you in? Yeah, I have in the past and on occasions I still do, Dale, but my, my uh, schedule is so cramped now to, to be – it's not fair – Yep. But I actually just don't have the time now to do the public enrollment or the open enrollment workshops. Uh, the last one I ran was actually back in May this year, but I think it was probably two years before then, the last time I actually ran one of that nature here in Australia. So most of the work I do is of a custom nature. Having said that, the other ways in which you can actually make that happen is attend a conference that I could be presenting. So I present at ASHBA. In fact, I'm a serial presenter. I think yep. I've done 23 of the last 25 conferences for them. That's a great way where you can just sign up and turn up. Even if you haven't signed up, you can still turn up and I'm not going to take role and actually see me, quote unquote, you know, do this stuff for live. But it's not that uh, frequent now that I do stuff of an open enrollment nature. Okay. No worries. Well, if uh, people are in uh, Australia, then uh, yeah, Achpa, they hold all those conferences in the national cities. So definitely look up Mark for one of those. And if, if for some reason there's a company or a school out there like, wow, I love the sound of this, where could they obviously get in contact with you to lock in yep. your services? 
Well, the first spot is to go to Planeo. So it's P-L-A-Y-M-E-O. So it's seven characters. It's a completely nonsensical word. It doesn't mean anything. It's not even an acronym, but it, it is the name of the business. Most people know it for its activity database, but there are many other resources there. But Planeo.com, just hit me up on the contact page or send an email to hello at Planeo.com. And presuming most of your listeners could be in Australia, then they could call me. The phone numbers are all online, but there's US numbers there as well. Perfect. And I suppose, yeah, that's people always listen and, and the, the content you provide is amazing. So I recommend people, if, you know, if you're not going to go on and go to Planeo, then obviously finding Mark in live, you know, it's going to be so much impactful on everything you're doing. And I know just speaking to you today has been fantastic. So that again, I'll have on my show notes the link for Playmeo to get a 50% discount on the subscription side. So thank you very much for that, Mark. And thank you for your time today, mate. It's been lovely chatting to you. My pleasure. Again, it's like a conduit to people whom I would never normally have an opportunity to share with. So I hope that what I have shared has been valuable and has made a difference. No, it has been. And thank you very much for that, guys. Hopefully you enjoyed episode number 29. Have a great day. Cheers. Bye-bye.